and welcome to Scan Talk by GS1 Ireland, the stories, the people and the standards transforming our daily lives. My name is Fanula Malone, Digital Marketing Manager at GS1 Ireland. And today on the program, I'm joined by Cloda Davis of Naturally Cordial. So welcome to the show, Cloda. Oh, thanks very much, Fanula. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Um, so, Claudia, it all started for you with a lemonade stand. Yes. Is that right? That is right. My son's lemonade stand. He just had this idea that he you know, wanted to have a lemonade stand and you know, sell lemonade at the bottom of the drive. So a, um, a born entrepreneur. It was, yes. <laughs> and obviously, you know, being, being the mother that I am, I thought, yes, let's try and encourage this. Um, but I didn't even have a recipe at that stage for Cordial. But uh, I was lucky enough that I knew somebody who did, and okay. um, they yeah they gave it to me, and um, and he set up a stand, and along with his sister, I think he made about one euro fifty that day. wasn't busy. Better um, than nothing. Better we than all nothing. have to start somewhere. Exactly, and he was delighted, and we liked the cordial so much that we just started making it. Then you know, okay. as you know, just the family drinks. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so that's kind of where the idea kind of got started. That's where you kind of got the recipe. And then where did you take it from there? Um, well, someone else also gave me another recipe, which was slightly different. Okay. And um, uh, so I, I started combining the two. You, know, It was interesting that it was slightly different. And uh, then when my son went to secondary school, they actually had a farmer's market as a parents uh, association fundraiser. Oh, cool. okay. I volunteered to do a cordial stand uh, for them uh, as previously what they used to do is buy you know, fizzy drinks, wholesale fizzy drinks and sell yeah. them. And so along with someone else who um, makes the most excellent elderflower cordial, we oh, set up, yeah, it is. Uh, we set up a, just a cordial stand for the day. And it's a very, you know, there are a lot of parents in the school who would run their own food businesses or have a connection to food businesses. Okay. And at the end of the day, I mean, it was a total success. And it just wow. it just made me think at the time, wow, you know, if you ever wanted a sort of focus group, that, that was a great focus group. Yeah. Yeah. Great to get that feedback straight off, straight out the gate. Yeah. yeah. And, and from people that, you know, um, you know, like their food. Yes. Food. Yeah. And Wexford is, is known for great food. There's lots of great food producers in Wexford. Yeah. Um, and the so anyway, about oh, about four or five months later, actually, I was made redundant from the job I was in at the time. Um, and I just thought, oh, just just give it a try. Just, yeah, you know, give it a try and see what happens. You know, the worst that can happen is that, you know, nobody wants to buy cordial. And then at least I'll know. Yeah. Give it, give it a try. See how it goes. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, and because I've been made redundant, there's a space of time there and you think, well, we'll do something with it. Yeah. So, so, so that's what we did. Um, along with a friend we set up in the farmer's markets and that was May, 2013 was our first store. Okay. Um, um, and then it just grew from there. So the recipe is not the same as the original recipe. Um, I received, we've changed the amount of sugar, you know, because of sugar concerns. So we're below the sugar mm. level now um and you know I started with citrus fruits but one of the things I really wanted to do being in Wexford was to bring mm. in a lot of Wexford fruits 
Yes, of course. Thanks for being very well known for their strawberries. Their strawberries and, and all sorts of things. And their black um, black currants and, you know, raspberries. Mm. So, um, uh, so that's really why I've developed the range much more based on the soft fruits that we can get here. The local so, kind of produce that you can you can access in Wexford. Yeah. And so um, my rhubarb comes from just the other side of Enniscorthy. My black currants come from a couple of miles down the road and also from um, 12 miles further south from Des Jeffers. And, um, you know, my actually the raspberries and strawberries are growing in the field next door. And, you know, so from my point of view, you know, I see that all as sustainable and mm. um, using what we're already growing and it helps a local community as well. Absolutely. And that, that's a great thing. I've heard that a number of times from food producers, the way that they are able to get supplies from other local producers. So it really has this great like effect, you know, when when you're when people are buying local, they're actually not just supporting that one producer, they're supporting a whole network of producers. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They, um, yes, and we do actually. Um, you know, I'm part of the Westwood Food family, and we do all try and support each other as much as possible. So, you know, that's why as well with black currants. You know, when Ribena pulled out, you know, lots of the Westwood Food family members tried to think of products that would use Westwood black currants. Mm. Um, and and we've now committed, you know, created a demand for black currants which is great so we're short of black currants this year because <laughs> that's a great turnaround and we might talk a little bit more about the Wexford food family um later on the mm. I'm wondering you know you, you said you, you kind of started with this lemonade stand and then you moved on to the the parents association and then on to the farmers markets did you have any background in business Claude or how did you figure out how to kind of make all this happen I do I do have a background in business mm. so um my training is I'm an occupational psychologist mm. um, so that would be a business psychologist sometimes people think it's an occupational therapist but um it's effectively a business psychologist mm. so my so you know my master's degree is all about business and um how businesses develop and or don't develop and um you know all the HR side of business as well um so I've always been interested in business yeah. Um, and then my father is a flour miller. So I would have grown up being very aware of um, the harvest and the effect of weather on, you know, the moisture content in grain and, you know, just waiting those last couple of weeks before the harvest really starts was always really tense because everybody's kind of hoping that everything will go well and there's no one mm. expecting bad weather. So from that point of view, I've had, you know, I'm aware of food as a business but I hadn't actually worked in a food business um, other than actually I had worked for quite a time in Guinnesses mm. and, um, uh, in Park Royal in London. And I loved that job. Um, loved that factory, I should say more precisely. Um, <laughs> and um, it was amazing. Um, and um, so I didn't have a huge background in food. And in some ways, you know, I think ignorance is bliss, you know, because... <laughs> may as well get stuck in and see see what works and see what doesn't work yeah you just you just jump in and you you, so in some ways you know if if you're not so involved 
you actually don't know that you can't do some things or mm. you should be doing something this way or that way. And you just get on with it. And I had a really, really great EHO who every time she would visit would kind of say, okay, so what you have to do next is this. Okay. Um, and, you know, you know, she had me write and as the business grew, she would add in extra stuff um, to make sure that I was always compliant. And that, that mm. was brilliant. Um, I cannot say how grateful I was, you know, to work with them on that way. Mm. And for anyone that might not know EHO being environmental health and food safety and um, all of that side of it, trying to figure out how to be compliant. Um, And she was really nice about it. So I never felt that, you know, she was trying to, you know, trick me or, you know, Mm. it was always, so I'm always able to be just straightforward and say, this is a problem. How do I fix it? Um, and they, they were, that's a really great attitude because everybody wants, you know, safe food. And, you know, when, when you have that relationship with someone who you can just say, what do I do here? Um, and you get it sorted. That's, mm. that's just, you know, such a wonderful thing to have. And you have been very lucky in, in, um, the amount of awards that you've won. I've just been looking at your website there and it's there's a whole list of awards. So you've been recognised by uh, Bloss and by... Do you want to tell us a little bit more about the awards you've won? Of course, I would like to say I wasn't lucky. <laughs> well, you have a great product. Thank you. <laughs> you've been recognised for that. Yeah. And I, can, I know for a fact it's a great product because I had... Um, I, tr- I was lucky enough to try some of it because it came in the Bloss box. Oh, yes. And it's absolutely delicious. No, it's like you. not, it's not cor- any cordial that I've ever had before. It's it's not overly sickly sweet. It's just really fruity. That's, that's sort of what we tried to do mm. is to, um, you know, have it sweet enough, but not overly sweet. And that's where we're below the sugar levy. You know, when you dilute mm. one to five. Um, but also to really have that flavour of fruit. Mm, yeah. So, yeah, we we have actually won a lot of awards. And I'm really proud to have received so many because mm. when you're making something by yourself, you may think it's great yourself, but it's really, you know, it was wonderful to have that feedback from people that you know are experts in their field who come back and say, actually, yeah, you've got a good product. Well done. Mm. Absolutely. And I'm sure, have you found that having those awards has had a positive impact on your business? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I try and use the labels as much as possible and put them on the bottles. And uh, I think even as a shopper myself, um, if, I, if I'm if i looking at something, I think, oh, it's got this award or that award. And I think, oh, well, I'll give that a try. Yeah. So, Absolutely, it's just a, it might point some, it might just kind of get somebody over the line to making that sale, wouldn't it? I if you were so. in two minds about something, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, and I suppose one of the things I would see is that um, my orange and lemon, it was always, you know, I always, I always had it there, and it sold, but it was probably the least popular. And then when I got a Bloss Award and started putting the labels on, I suddenly noticed my sales of orange and lemon were going up. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I think finally people were trying it and saying, oh, yeah, yeah, this is this is really good. Yeah, because orange and lemon sounds very boring in a lot of ways. It's sort of that flavor that we all grew up with. And you mm. think, oh, maybe I'd like something different or more exotic. Mm. Um, but it's it's a really good orange and lemon. 
Yeah. And I think, as you said, it was having the label on it just made people look again at it. And just going back a bit. So when you went and kind of got started with the farmer's markets, how then did you make that transition over into retail? Um, I suppose we we you know we did the food academy, uh, you know, the Super Value Food Academy, mm. and that that was really good in terms of giving us a um, an understanding of of you know the commercials around a food business and into going into retail. Um, mm. And then obviously you know with food food academy you get into their stores. Yes, yeah. So um, that. You know, that was the first thing, actually getting bottles on the shelves. And then the second part was because we were still going to um, food markets, we actually met the Simply Better team in Dunn's stores at a food market. And um, that's how they approached us and um, how we got into Dunn's stores under the Simply Better brand. Super. And... um... Obviously, as part of, you know, move, making that step into retail and getting into super value and into done stores, you had to get barcodes on your products. And how did you, did you know much about that process before you went into it? Did you, had you ever heard of GS1 Ireland before? Um, it was actually really interesting because it, it's funny, it seems so far away that we were talking about barcodes um and i remember it was all part of the food academy process and you know people were saying oh you know do you have barcodes and where can, where can you get barcodes and there there was still a lot of discussion about maybe different providers of barcodes mm. um and it was really really clear um when we did the food academy course at that you know that they were saying to us all the lecturers were saying you have to get a barcode that is reliable and that has credibility and that, you know, you can be guaranteed that someone somewhere else in the world is not going to have the same barcode as you do. And that is going to be read. And the only mm. one they would recommend was GS1. Yeah. So um, so actually, that was a really fundamental um, step, because if you got your barcodes wrong, you know, I knew people who just had to scrap all their labels. And it's so expensive wow. when you are starting you know if your barcodes can't be read it's it's just heartbreaking so um so gs yeah gs1 was there and um that's where i got my barcodes and continue to get my barcodes and um yeah i was i was really pleased that i did the right move straight off Mm, yeah because packaging i mean when you're talking about launching into packaging it can be such an expensive move and if you get it wrong and if you you know your barcodes aren't scannable yeah it can be just a huge uh, a loss in terms of you know having to start again from scratch. Well, it's not. It's you know you have all the design cost, which is a mm. cost up front. Um, so if your barcode is wrong on your label, you have to redesign and you have to reprint. So labels are not cheap. Um, and you know if you and nearly all of us then you know when we're buying labels in order to get the price down, we're buying thousands and thousands of labels yeah you might buy a year's supply or two Mm. years supply um so if if there's something wrong it it's you know it's terrible um and for it to be a barcode as well um you know if they can't read it in the shop then you also probably have the consequences of having a product withdrawal Mm. um 
So you, yeah, you do want to get your bar risky. Code. You don't want to have to to take. And how did you find, you know, I've heard other producers who use glass bottles that that can be kind of a tricky, um, a tricky thing to get your head around in terms of how to properly ship bottles and how to properly manage that whole side of it. How did you find using the glass bottles as opposed to plastic or? Oh, I suppose I've never even never even thought that I had a problem oh Uh, (laughs) (laughs) something I've heard from other producers you know that it can be tricky to shipping can be tricky and stuff like that shipping is certainly tricky yeah Um, and um so you know a lot uh, at this stage now I mean I do send things uh, through the post and uh, and that is an issue um Mm. certainly you know, at sometimes when couriers and the post have been really busy, one or four of my parcels have been broken. So I, I mean, I pack as t- as well as I can. So mm. I have, you know, six bottles go into a box and they have cardboard dividers which separate them, and then it goes into another box. And you think it should be support, you know, it should be secure and should be safe. And um, and sometimes you just have breakages, mm. and it's just. You know, most of the time I, I just have to say, okay, so if I'm sending, you know, however many parcels I'm sending, there's bound to be a percentage that get broken. Of course, yeah. And were you selling online uh, prior to COVID, Clauda, or is that something that you kind of moved into in, in COVID times? No, I did actually. I was selling online prior to COVID, but I must admit, not a lot. And, yeah. And during COVID then, um, the sales have probably increased um, by a factor of six. Wow. Um, now that's going from a very low base. You know, I really yeah. wasn't selling very many. Um, but I have to say now it's, you know, people probably had the time to go looking for things. Mm. And um, I don't charge postage. Um, you know, just because I feel, you know, the minimum people have to buy a minimum of six bottles. That's the only way I can guarantee that it can probably go safely through the post, you know, so that the box is full and that. Um, yeah there aren't empty gaps in it um and um yeah I think I think during COVID people had time to look around and see and and some people not everyone some people maybe had a little bit more disposable income um Mm. and and they were looking for different products and and they were looking to support local Um, absolutely I, I think that's something that you know I've heard a few a good few times is that so many more people are conscious of buying local products, supporting local producers and had that bit of time over COVID to kind of look around and see what's out there. Yeah. And I, and I have to say, you know, I cannot thank them enough because, um, you know, there are times when you see that coming in and you, and that, you know, it really does keep a business going at, you know, at certain times. Mm. And, uh, and also then you have a, a relationship with someone, you know, that's buying directly from you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, really, honestly and truly, I cannot thank all those people enough. Um, they were really great. And you've obviously, you know, you said you set up, you did your first market in May 2013. So you're talking seven, eight, nine years now mm-hmm. that you're you're in this business. What advice would you have to any kind of new up and coming food and drink producers that are just starting out? Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, where to start 
question. No, it's just such a big question. And you know, every business is so unique that mm. every business in some ways has its own its own issues. Um, I think um probably one of the first things somebody has to decide is what type of a business they're going to be, you know, whether or not they're going to um be the type of business that sells on the whole direct to people. Um, you know, and that they're going to do the deliveries and everything themselves you know, mm. um, or else whether they're going to be a business that's going to outsource um, part of what they do whether it's a distribution or um, part of the manufacturing or all the manufacturing and they're going to go for volume um, you know their margins would be much smaller if they're going to do that um, and to see whether it work mm. you know if you get if you get your figures right I think that's the um and it's really hard when you're starting a small business to actually understand what your um you know what your margins are going to be because everything changes so rapidly year on year and it's only when you have a more stable base that you can really see things but to try and get your margin right at the beginning yeah it's which can be a really tricky thing for people can't just to kind of figure out exactly what your costs are Yes, because your costs vary so much from mm. year to year, particularly when you start. Um, but you know, certainly get as much help as you can in that area. I certainly didn't understand my finances um, as well as I should have. Um, mm. You think you understand what's going on, but it's actually very hard to keep track of things because they change so rapidly every year. Um, and that's... Uh, was there anywhere you were able to go to get a bit of help around that area? Um, I'd say just in my case, I have always, I mean, I've, whenever there's a course, I've tried to go on it. So I was on New Frontiers, near the Enterprise Island, New Frontiers, which was great. And I had mentors then, um, which again, I love having a mentor. Um, mm. The Super Value um, Food Academy course was really good. I certainly recommend that everyone should do that. Mm. Um, and also then the Leos have mentors. And um, as I said, whenever I can get a mentor, I get a mentor. Because, um you know, I, I just I just find it invaluable to have somebody who, you know, you can send something to, and and they just they just, they're just giving you an objective and different perspective. Yeah, a bit of a, a an outside eye, maybe. Yeah, the whole thing. And they, yeah, and they see something because they're not so smothered by it every day. They're mm. seeing it from a different angle, and so definitely, you know, I would say to everyone, whatever mentor you can get, get. And you're also part of the Wexford Food family. Yes. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about how that works? Um, just I think we've been I've been a member of the Wexford Food family for a number of years, and it's really about the food producers in Wexford coming together and um, trying to support each other and trying to promote each other. So, um, yeah, we're we're trying to promote. It, it works. It's a non-profit organisation that's promoting the food producers mm. and um, encouraging um, people to buy Wexford products. So local hotels and um, you know the shops and the super values all get recognised um, if they're you know if they're buying um, products from mm. the Wexford food family. Um, it's been great for me in a lot of ways because you know. <laughs> you have so many questions when you're a small food business about even things like, you know, where can you buy cardboard boxes? Where can you, um, you know, the packaging outside of it and um, food safety and, or anything and everything. And um, 
And nearly always somebody, if you put the question into the group, we have a WhatsApp group, somebody will come back with an answer. Isn't that great to have that support, uh, people who are in the same kind of field? Yeah. And and it is really great because you're there. Often people start a business by themselves and it just it helps you touch base with someone and say, is this normal? Yeah. <laughs> sometimes that's all you need yeah 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 um and just as i said the you know you you could spend hours and hours and hours looking for um you know for different people companies that do different things Mm -hmm. and if somebody can give you three names and give you a recommendation it's it's just so great and save so much time as well yeah it does um so claudia what's what's it what's next for naturally cordial like what do you see um in store for you and naturally cordial in say 2022 this is our big year for getting the uh, as i said I've, we're in construction at the moment and in 2018 i had a leader grant to buy um an adman steel shed for it was quite a large one oh, to, yeah. to move out of the house i'm still using a home kitchen um to you know get into new premises um, and then the sugar levy happened and all this sort of stuff happened and I got the building, but that's as far as it went. Um, so last year I applied for another leader grant and just at the moment now they're putting the partitioning in. So this year is the big year that that building happens. And I'm also bringing the bottling and the pasteurization, the labeling back in house. Okay. So, yes. So it's, yeah, here I am sort of thinking, Oh, nine years in, and I've got new things to learn. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah. So that's all going to be a challenge and um, a steep learning curve for me uh, for the next, you know, right through the summer as I start doing all the the bottling and the pasteurization myself too. Um, but it's going to be, you know, it's going to be really great. Yeah. You know, to, to have it all in one place, all in one. Um, you know, me being able to, you know, schedule my work you know to suit myself yeah um and and that way the business will really grow as well so that's 2022 is is the big you know sorting all that area out and then I'm really set to um go for the export markets and things like that wow and any idea who you're going to target is it the UK is it Europe um I've had I've had a couple of people come to me in Europe Um, who sort of said, can we distribute for you? And so far, I've just said to them, I'm sorry, not at the moment, because I'm just not ready. And um, no, I've had two people um, look to see whether or not they could distribute my products. Yeah. So you never know whether or not it's a genuine inquiry um, until they move forward. But um, um, it's, you know, I wasn't in the right place to do it. yeah you really have to be ready don't you for to make those kind of big moves yes you do and what I didn't want to do was start with someone and then not not to be able to supply them Mm. um so and I like last at the moment because of the construction I'm out of stock um oh pretty much out of stock and Mm. and that's not a great situation to be in because you're letting people down Mm. um so you know, but there's nothing I can do about it just at the moment. So as soon as this is up and going, then hopefully I can restock everyone and, um, you know, get back up. 
to speak. Yeah, so big plans this year for you. Lots going on. Yeah, no, it's it's one of those years. You know, I always think businesses, you know, they don't they don't expand in a linear way. You mm. know, they kind of, you know, like a mushroom crowd. This cloud, they sort of they start off in a small circle, and then suddenly there's a big push out, and then there's a, a weight, and then there's another big push out. Mm. Um, so it's always, you know, a big move like this is always a um, tricky point in a um, in a business's life. Um, yeah. So an exciting one too. Oh, it's just you cannot cannot believe how excited I am and um, how long I've been waiting to do this. Yeah, it'll probably um, be nice to kind of have a little bit of separation as well between your your home life and your work life. It will be brilliant. And as for my husband, you know, and my children, (laughs) like they're like, do you think we'll get the house back now? There won't be cordial everywhere on every surface. <laughs> yeah, not quite. And it's, it's it's even a small thing like, you know, my husband's working from home um, at the moment with COVID and he has an office and I have a room downstairs with the office and labels and everything in it. Um, so even as like, you know, kids are saying, well, do you think we'll have a spare room again? You know, we can invite <laughs> someone to come and stay. <laughs> yeah, they'll be, they'll be delighted to get rid of you, Clara. <laughs> Well, I can see that as soon as there's space in in the new building, that they'll all be in here moving everything out into it. <laughs> like, you're out there over. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, thank you so much for for chatting with us today. Um, it sounds like you have huge things in store for you for this year. Um, so, is there anything that you wanted to to just to add before we let you go? No, I think we've covered most things. Um, Where can um, people get in touch with you, Claudia, if they're interested in learning more about Naturally Cordial? They can email me directly. Um, it's probably the easiest thing. Or give me a call on my mobile. So my email is Clodagh at naturallycordial.ie. And um, my mobile is on the website or on Facebook. Um, it's 087-275-2953. And you also have, uh, you're on Twitter, I believe, at Clodagh Davis. I am. And Instagram at Naturally Cordial. Yes. Now I have to confess that I am not so great at replying to some of those things, not as not as quickly. So the, so the email media. is the best, the best place to find out more. It is. Or just or just call me. Yeah. <laughs> Good old fashioned phone call. <laughs> I know I'm showing my age. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, thank you so much, Clauda. It was great yes, to talk to you today. Clever. Yes, you too. You too. So thanks very much. Thank you to our contributor today, to Clodagh Davis of Naturally Cordial. Today's episode of Scan Talk was presented and produced by me, Fanil Malone. You can subscribe to Scan Talk by GS1 Ireland on Apple, Google, Acast, Spotify, or on our website, gs1ie.org forward slash podcast. Talk to you next time.